Welcome to the Taekwondo Daddy Podcast, a resource for martial arts students and parents by martial arts student and parent Logan Ramirez. Taekwondo Daddy, train hard, parent hard. Hi, and welcome to the Taekwondo Daddy Podcast. Where this week I'm going over the top ten mistakes you're probably making doing Taekwondo. Now, of course, by you're probably making, I don't really mean you, I probably mean somebody else who's not you who's doing Taekwondo, but either way, these are 10 points that uh, I've, I've thought about over my three years of doing Taekwondo under the instruction of Master Jose Ramirez at the Christian Taekwondo League in San Antonio, Texas, and of course, I invited Master Ramirez to join me in exploring these 10 and, uh, and he did not disappoint. Um, I just, I love talking to him. I love his depth of knowledge, his background. I know the people who he has studied under I've met and shaken hands with them and just could not say more, um, nice things about him and the people he associates with. And that matters so much in anything, but I think especially in martial arts where you just have so many people, um, out there teaching and instructing, and uh, some good, some bad, some lazy, some hardworking, um, and I guess that's universally true. You pick any any sport or activity. There's there's good and bad, quote unquote, good and bad um, teachers and instructors out there. And I just feel for, so fortunate that uh, that I landed in a school where I I really feel um, obviously biased, but but uh, truly believe um, at a quality school with a quality instructor under who's under quality instructors and all of those wrapped together um really i think has made um the taekwondo that i'm learning um very genuine authentic sincere um and i'm very proud of of my school and master mirrors and what we're doing anyway here is the podcast well, hello, Master Ramirez. How are you today, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me be back. Yeah, you bet. No, super excited. Um, not just because you're like an awesome instructor, but because you're one of my best friends and I train at your studio. And so I am particularly looking forward to going through the top 10 Taekwondo mistakes. Well, I'm excited. People, people are making. Yeah, I know originally I said, well, I still say like you're making, but you're certainly not making these. But, you know, I still got a lot of work to do. Oh. But um, I'm still making properly. I I do it. So I do them properly. <laughs> Real quick, you're, tell me about why why Taekwondo, like how you got into Taekwondo and, and, uh, and how long you've been doing it. Well, Taekwondo wise, I'm on my, let me see, almost now about 15 now. 15 years now, probably. Yeah. Um, the reason I started Taekwondo was uh, we basically stumbled into it. Um, I started with Tansudo, and suddenly my my son turned five years old, and I wanted him to do martial arts. And I was stationed in Hawaii at that time, and there was two choices that we had. It was a um, Shotokan school down farther than where we lived or the Taekwondo school that we, we went to that we end up finding. So we end up getting there because it was closer. I was being deployed a lot and my wife right. was the one that had to drive. So 
that's how we got there. Boom. There you are in Taekwondo ever since. Well, I know I, I've always liked it. You know, when I was looking for a school for my kids, um, you know, you, you came highly recommended. And the fact that the school is Taekwondo was interesting to me because um, I knew it involved kicking and stretching. And I like that more than I did other martial arts. And so, so here we are. But now, since I've been doing it for three years and started this podcast, I was thinking, man, you know, I really have, especially now that you've given me the opportunity to teach at the studio, I've noticed, man, there's some constant mistakes people make. So I thought we could just um, go through this list and, and you tell me uh, your thoughts on each of them. You ready? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. All right. Number one is going to be not pivoting the back foot when kicking. Well, one thing is when we pivot, it opens our hips. So what we want to do is we want to get longer reach and that's what we pivot. So when you do not pivot, you shorten your kick out. That's basically. Mm. So having that full, what we call the full moon, not a half moon, when your your toes mm. goes the opposite way. Your toes are facing forwards first. When you execute your pivot, your toes should be facing the opposite way. That opens the hips. That gives you distance. Now, you know, and it's always been, it's, it's awkward. I mean, it's hard. I don't think it's a very natural motion. I mean, it, it is when you whip around, you know, your feet kind of tend to pull, but but I mean, I want to be real clear. When we're throwing that kick, we need to focus on that back foot almost first. Yes. Would you yes, agree sir. with that? Like, we, yeah, we almost have to. Yeah, you almost have to pivot it before you finish executing yes, your sir. kick. Not, yeah, and and that is a, a big challenge. And what about toe up versus heel down? You know, or, or heel up, heel down on the on the on the turn. Oh yeah. So um, I I usually go some on my ball on my feet when I pivot. I have more balance. Is that what you're trying to say? That's... Well, when you finish the kick, so oh so I, yeah, got when it. I want to get when I want to get when I want to get high reach, I, yeah. I have to go off my heel. I mean, I pivot on the ball of my foot for right. sure, but when I finish my kick, my heel is up because I, you know, I'm trying to extend as high as I can. And if I'm reaching out, I can keep my heel down. Right, um, right, it's, exactly. So yeah, you you want to keep your um your foot your feet as as planted as you can. Because uh, you coming up on your toes, you get you can get a balance, especially somebody trying to jam you. So right. having that foot planted or, or grounded is, is very is very important for this kick. Now, some people do, like you said, you you go ahead and go up your toes momentarily, so you can get that extra reach. But as you know, stretching is most important. So as you continue stretching. You're not gonna have to come up on those toes because your your leg is gonna get high enough yeah. to do it. So, got you. So so when when training and, and the kick we're talking about here is yes, a roundhouse. Sir. I mean, it's also true on side yes, kicks sir. and everything, but certainly on a roundhouse, you you want to pivot all the way around. Ideally, keep your heel planted. Yes, it's gonna have the most base, and then reach as high as you can within the range of your flexibility. And one one thing to mention is. We talked about um, we're talking about hive. That's very important because I teach, we teach as you know, that um, a round kick is meant to be a slap to the head. We're going for the head. Now, can we th- we can throw right. round kicks to the body? That doesn't really need us to pivot fully, but when you when we hmm. do the proper round kick and we go for the head, then you you have to make sure that's a full pivot to get your range. 
All right, cool. And then, of course, I mean, the other reason to rotate is going to that longer reach distance plus speed equals power. So we're going to create more distance and generate yes, sir. more power. So speaking of power, um, mistake two I have is, is people who are generating power um, with force over um, natural body motion or like, or hips, you know, I think about, I think about baseball in particular, it's, it's always, that analogy is always stuck with me, you know, that, that they rotate their hips before they swing their arms to generate the most power. So it, so the, the mistake people make is generating power from, you know, just like raw, just force power and muscle and not the economy of the body. What do you think about that? No, totally. Um, I'm a big guy and, uh, I had to learn that quick because, proper technique always beats power hmm. that's the way i say it i mean i can i can go in and try to break uh a board a couple of boards but if i don't have proper technique i might break it but it'll still hurt and then you can go and break the same thing amount of boards and you give me proper technique and you feel like you just went through butter so having the understanding that power is not just the only thing you need distance plus the speed equals power that includes the proper execution of whatever technique you're going to use an example we talked about earlier somebody throwing somebody or, or doing a uh, hip toss or whatever well mm -hmm. i mean you're not going to do a proper hip toss if you just just relying on your upper body trying to lift that person up no you right. have to use the entire body you have to You have to use your hip, which way mm. you're rotating uh, the ending. So, so I start from the beginning all the way to the ending. It's not just power. Absolutely. And and so, and that, and I've, I yeah, totally agree. And me being a smaller guy, um, I don't know if, in relationship to the size of men, I don't know if that's, I'm smaller or not, but I certainly have found that I have to rely on technique because power only takes me so far. Yes, sir. All right. Now, how about um, not mistake number three? Not working your hands or punches enough, especially in Taekwondo. I feel like we we know we have strong kicks, but it comes sometimes at cost by not using our hands enough. Exactly. Um, this is one thing that I had to adapt myself when I first started Taekwondo. We we did a lot of kicks and we got really good with the kicks, but then we're not protecting enough our faces and we're not using our hands enough, even though. My instructor uh, emphasized that, but we really did not practice it. So, so one thing that we need to do is that you have to, they have to have an equal proportion. You know, you want you want to have it. You you want to be able to fight uh, or or spar properly. You have to be able to use your combination between your hands and your 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 foot and angles. So so using your hands will help you get your kicking game going because yet it, you can move hands up mm -hmm. because when we usually try to punch, we want to go to the face. So you draw your opponent to block up. Right. That opens the bottom. And then you can work the ladder up and down after that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I love it. I mean, when, when you taught that, you know, years ago, it's always stuck with me that the, especially your, your word engaño. And, and yeah, uh, that's right. So using my hands to to set up, you know, distract to set up the trick to to get someone to look over here, and then mm -hmm. um, and then and then nail the kick has been been um, you know huge in my my sparring game. All right, number four, missing your blocks. Yeah, you can't you can't protect yourself if you can't block. 
Okay, I, this is one of the biggest thing, and and it's funny because we people say, oh, you know, I don't like doing caras or ponces or forms, what we call, and um, but that's when you really start learning those techniques on how to properly block. If if you block too short, well, you get you you already you miss you miss that that block completely. You you already got hit. If your block is too long. Then now we're having the the problem of um, going them around you, you know, to an ear or the secondary hand, and so so have, knowing the right length of high block and knowing the distance. Are you stepping up? Uh, are, are you are you moving angles? All that stuff has to happen. So um, yeah, you need to practice block first before you know. That's that's the first way to protect yourself. Unless right. you're gonna strike first. Yeah, and let's let's talk real quick too about the difference between kata blocking versus sparring blocking. Totally different. Totally different. A kata, it's kata is when we do kata, we simulate and we're using technique. Now people say, "Well, why are you doing it this way if you're not going to do it in uh, in in actual sparring?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Yeah, so we're building muscle, we're building toning our muscles when we do uh, katas. We're trying to find a rotation now." Can you can you do those those blocks like a high block or in our block on a competition on a sparring? Yes, yes you can, but it's not going to be as it won't be as how can I put it as perfect as we want it to be when you're doing right. a kata. It, yeah, it's, it just, it's impractical. Just have to be practical. Yeah, it's yeah. A, exactly. It's too long. It's, it's too slow. Yeah, it, exactly. So again, people say, well, why do we do in a kata? Because in kata we're simulating a fight. And we're building muscle memory. We're also toning our body. Yep. Yeah. And that's just the difference between, like I always think about it, between adaptive um, response, like relying on your your hand-eye coordination and speed. So when you're doing kata, you are alone. There isn't a real fight. You're simulating one. And you also are trying to show off technique. So the, the reasons for doing kata are very different than the reasons for fighting and so, um, so relying on your body, the blocks are naturally going to be shorter and longer. And, and, and one of the ones I think about missing in blocking is sparring is reach, like blo- uh, reach blocking. So a punch or a kick is coming and I extend my hands to try and block it, which ends up opening, mm-hmm. you know, my face. And so, yes. So, yes. so for me, one of the most important blocks that you cannot miss is actually keeping your block tight against your body and sometimes as you always say take the kick take absorb it it's you're gonna get hit but in this case if you're you know if you're doing a real strong cross block with your hand up across your face and your arm down across your body you know who cares what the, what's the kick gonna do it's just gonna momentarily kind of you know stun me but it's not like you know if i reach and miss it and take the kick to my face yeah or or reach out and try to block and then hurt yourself in the process yeah Oh, yeah. Okay, I mean, how often do you really, when you're practicing your low block, uh, do you have somebody hitting you? Is that right. arm connecting with something? So, yeah, yeah. so so you have yeah. to protect your body. Can you do a low block? Totally. You can definitely do a low block. But if we're going back to real, realistically, when we are in a sparring fight, a low block in a front stance, well, you can't do it. You know what I mean? You have, I you're going to be in a fighting stance, you're low... Your low block is going to be like an aside that you can. You can go into a low block and do a sweep or you can do a, you know, you can do a low block and actually it's a strike. So all, all that stuff comes in consideration. But like I always, we always talk about, you mentioned it. 
I sometimes you just have to take absorb the kick mm-hmm. because it's better than just taking a full blonde kick to your body or a punch. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Mistake number five, terrible stances. Oh, my biggest, <laughs> biggest thing for me. You, you, we can't start properly. Anything cannot be executed if you're not in a proper stance. Even when you're sparring, a sparring stance is very important. How do you position your body? Are you opening your, your belly, like we said? You know, you you protecting your those vital parts. You know, if you if your if your uh sparring stance is too long, now you now you can get swept and 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 or hit in the leg, whatever it is. So I always the, the biggest thing I look at when we're doing forms or anything else is stances, especially also when you're doing a self-defense. Like I always said in our self-defense program, I'm going to look at your foot position. Are you vulnerable? Am I close enough? Can I sweep you? Can I take that leg away? So stances to me is, is the most the first thing I look at. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And of course, I agree more because it's foundational to our school. So, <laughs> And another um, thing is, when we go to competitions and I get to judge, maybe I don't know mm. the form that they're doing, yeah. but the first thing I start grading is the consistency of the stances. If he's doing, if I, if I notice that the their front stance are wide, then I expect that front stance to be wide to the entire kata. Right. If it's short, same thing. So, But if there's an inconsistency, then I start taking hits. And one of the things, or why do you think uh, it's so hard? You know, we work with these, you know, young children, five to five to 10, heck, even, you know, mm-hmm. 12, 14. And then, you know, in, in adults too. Why is it so, and it feels like week after week, you're fixing stances. Why do you think that's so difficult to teach or, or train? Or, you know, why do students have such a hard time? remembering oh this is a you know okay i've got my front stance because because we we watch them do perfect stances and then you know the next week it's you know messed up again i think i think what's going on there? i think is uh people has different body structure and and whatever at that time you know we hey fix your stances and put your leg here and and they get it for that time but then they don't go home and practice and when they come back they go back to what mm-hmm. the body feels better yeah and there it is. and and that's the thing is and and until you develop that that uh, new uh, muscle memory or where you need to be, if you, and, and the only way to do it is consistency. You want to you want to get those stances the way our school does it because every other school, every other instructor has a certain way they want his students, their students to um, to have their stances. You know, we're very particular that you know front knee bend, yeah. back leg straight, both feet mm-hmm. are facing forward. Mm-hmm. Your shoulders are square. That's that's our stance. But your front stance is different than another student front stance. You know what I mean? Because your length, all that stuff. Right. So. Right. But but the principles are immutable. Yes, I mean the, the principles of front stance. Exactly. So so it's just um um yeah anyway, I I totally agree that it's it's a practice issue. You know it is. I know my my how much my a key my you know on a. Uh, right front mm-hmm. stance, my left mm-hmm. Achilles mm-hmm. and left lower calf muscles. <laughs> when I started doing Taekwondo, I hurt all yes. the time, you know, it's cause I was forcing that back foot to come in. And, um, and if I hadn't kept, kept after it, it would continue. And even it still does, you know, when I do Kata, 
you know, look in that mirror sometimes like, man, my foot's, you know, still off. And mine too. You know, I always, I, so, I don't, I don't say that stuff. I have to work at my instructor, Grandmaster Thompson hits me all the time. So I might have a muscle memory, but in somebody else's eyes, they might like, ah, you off just a little bit. So it's always not good mm-hmm. enough. You know what I mean? No matter what. Right. But, but that's, that's how we do. It's our job to find, find the good and the bad and, and make it better. And real quick, does he literally hit you? Because I could totally see him like walk up and. Like, oh, oh no, no, he he well, he he hits me <laughs> once in a while. He he puts me in a in a horse stance and say, um, "Get into horse stance," and and then yeah. he pushes me. And if I'm not if I'm not properly in that horse stance, then I'm gonna fall back, or you know, or yeah. or yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah, another no, different kidding. story. Yeah, exactly. We we'll do a different <laughs> yeah, podcast. Different I get both yeah. you guys on. Um, all right. So number six, not thinking about, um, I, I frame this, not thinking about mm-hmm. the bunkai, the analysis mm-hmm. of, of the kata, but more generally informs students not thinking about what they're, what's actually happening, right? They're doing a low block just to do a low block where they should be thinking about doing a low block to stop a kick or, you know, so yes. the way you framed it in the past is you should see the invisible opponent that you're fighting. Right. Um, so, so speak to that. I think it's a mistake. My point is, I think it's a mistake that students do forms just to do the form and it should be so much more. Right. Um, I think when, when I first started Taekwondo, that's one thing that my instructor really didn't emphasize doing the form. He mentioned it. He said, Hey, you know, the form is a way of, uh, simulating a fight. And but he really didn't hit it. And then when I got when I got back to to Tan Sudo and and the instructions under Grandmaster Thompson, he really stressed that out. Just don't do a block. A block is a strike. You can do all that. When if you do it properly, your low block should be doing striking properly and, and so hard, you know, that it's a block and a strike. So the the ability for you to do your kata simulating a fight, it just makes it just makes a better kata. You know, and it's so good. Sometimes you have people that that will literally you can see, man, that I just saw the fighter. I, I saw the fighter he was fighting. So so it's very important. It helps you uh, again, we'll go back to toning your body and muscle memory and, and be able to have an intensity. There's some forms that it just is there's it just flows. Exactly. Like I'm, what I'm thinking is like Tai Chi. Those those forms are just smooth. And, but I tell you something, right. try to go after a Tai Chi master and all those moves don't become don't become what you've seen. You know what I mean? They they become dangerous. So and then yeah. our style, like our hard style, like karate and stuff like that, you see them and they're just popping and and their hip motions and just power, power, power. So it is very important to understand that each form or kata has a what we call it a bunkai. That means it, it can it can translate to a self defense. How would you do it if you were self defending yourself? So right, right. And uh, for those interested, I have a whole other podcast on kata, um, which uh, you could go find. All right. Um, Number seven, being overly confident. Yeah, and that that's the biggest issue that that new students have. Okay, 
because um, we it, it can our, our martial arts can get really competitive. But one thing that we teach first is to be humble, and having being overconfident can set you up for failure because somebody might know just a little bit more than you do. So I always, I always tell, uh, well, my wife always tells me, it's not what you say, but what you do. A, a empty bucket is louder than a full bucket. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah. just going back to when I said before, you have a bucket full of water and you hit it to the side, you're going to hear noise. You're going to hear boom. But if you, if, but if that bucket is empty, what I mean is not showing the content is not boasting and stuff like that. When you hit it, it makes a big bang, right? Because there's nothing, there's no water. Oh, yeah. So, um, humble, humble yourself. Your action speaks more than words. You know what I mean? You don't have to say anything. I, 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 I just say, I say my Ichiban to go compete and I don't have to say anything. Hmm. My Ichiban is going to do right. what he does to get the job done. And that my Ichiban doesn't have to argue with anybody. He doesn't have to uh, argue point to whatever he's going to do, what he's going to do. And on the end up, on the end of the match, my Ichiban is the winner. So, you know, you just have to uh, sip it a little, humble yourself, always, always willing to learn, and uh, you'll be okay. Boom. All right, number eight, forgetting the basics. Yes, yes, yes. Um we we have students that that get to and this is one thing uh, that i like the way we're doing stuff now every time we test you do the law of forms back then back then my instructor my own instructor did not require us to do that until we went to black belt but when we got to when we got to recommend the black belt now I'm, we were rushing back to try to relearn those basics and stuff like that just for we can get a black belt, but to become a black belt, you have to have years of experience and, and the basics, front kick, side kick, ground kick, you can get those and you master those, then you can fight any fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we don't, yeah. I, I'm 300 something pounds. I, I'm not going to be able to do a flying kick or go into an air the way you can do it. So I have to be able to know that my understand that, I'm training for what I'm capable of doing. If I'm going to do a front kick, it's going to be a really good front kick. I mean, if I'm going to do a side kick, it's going to connect. I mean, the proper execution right. is going to be there. So, and those are some. Yeah, no, of my, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, sir. No, and those are some of my favorite classes. You know, when we do, when we spend a night working on floor drills. I mean, I, I like that. I, 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 you know, and part of that's like maybe my personality, but I never find that boring. Uh, to go back and do front kicks or to do, you know, mm -hmm. pseudo chops or, you know, uh, or, you know, whatever. So um, particularly in our studio where I get to see the mirror and I get a really critique like, man, you know, that one's not right. And I, um, and, you know, there's a quote, it, it may or it, Bruce Lee comes to mind, but I feel like we sometimes accredit quotes to people. I don't know for sure, but it's that one where I'm not afraid of a man who knows a thousand kicks. I'm afraid of the man who knows yes. one kick a thousand times. Um, that's what I think of when I think of the basics, like really being good at the basics. And that, and that's something I've learned in martial arts because I'm not wired that way. I always want to, you know, I, you, you know, me, I always want to like, okay, show me the next thing. Show me the next thing. I always want to see the next thing. And, um, the cost of that sometimes is I move on too fast 
but I've really learned in our studio how important the basics are. And that's largely because of you and, and Grandmaster Thompson that we, we come back to them. Part of our curriculum is returning to basics and we'll do a class on just floor drills and, and, um, and we, and anyway, I, I've always appreciated that. And, and I think that it's something that is, um, super important to anybody who's serious about martial arts, but definitely in Taekwondo. Yeah, well, you know, um, you, you can see the true masters and grandmasters when they can execute a, a front kick from any angle and it's just perfect without even thinking mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. People think, Oh, you right. know, like they look at me, I'm a big guy. You know what I mean? I, you look at me, it's like, there's no way he can do a kick mm-hmm. like that. There's no way you can do it. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I, you know, I'm very quiet. And when I go visit friends and other schools, I don't, I don't do anything. I just went to the, ask me to do whatever. And then sometimes it's, Hey, you know, you're not sparring. You want to spar? It's like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'll spar a little. And then they start seeing me do our kicks and they were like, they're like hmm. super surprised. Well, the reason I'm able to do those <laughs> is because I mean, every day I practice those kicks. You know what I mean? Especially right. now that I'm older and I'm bigger, I need to be able to adapt my legs to my current size and my age. So so the only the only way to do it is by practicing. And 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 a great black belt has years of experience. Years of experience. Always remember that. If it, a true black belt has years of experience. Yeah. Got it. All right, number nine. Not giving back. Yes. Uh, um, that's one thing that that Grandmaster Thompson really made me understand. You need to. Uh, we all first got a goal of like, well, I want to get my black. I want to get my black. But it, the art, the art of martial art, is to be shared. It is a journey. This is not something that you do. You get your black belt and you're done. You hear a lot of people say, "Oh, I used to be a black belt. Used to be? Used right. to be a black belt? Yeah, about that. Then what happened? <laughs> Did you lose your black belt? What is it? it mm. You know, we talk about the black belt itself, like the 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 material thing. But you you your black belt's inside. You know what I mean, it lives mm. with you. I don't have to wear my black belt short all the time to be a black belt. My actions right. speak more than words. Again, so. You haven't now it's time to get back. Every time from from being a white belt, you can always always help your fellow white belt, uh uh student, your friend, whatever. You can always start teaching. That's why in right. our program, when you become a yellow belt, and if you want to start learning how to teach, well, you know, you come in and anything below your belt, you're welcome to come and help out. By the time you get to black belt, then you should be able to teach. All the ranks. Right. And I think it's such a, that's such an important piece of this and why, why I think it's a mistake, a common mistake is because I do think that um, lower belts don't feel like, oh, I can't, you know, I have to be a black belt to teach. And, and that's just not true. You can, everybody can teach at any level. Um, and, and in fact, that's like the best model for solidifying teaching. And I mean, you've heard it, learn, do, teach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the best way to learn is to show exactly. that you can teach exactly. it. So, And it really helps yeah. you in the process. Uh, when I when I started um, I becoming an assistant instructor, I, I was a yellow belt. And by the time I got to my brown belt, I can teach classes all by myself. 
my instructor can say, hey, I need to go do this. Can you handle the classes? And man, that was the best thing. It's like, yeah, my instructor here, mm, I'm going to. Yeah. And that's why I always encourage you guys. When I'm not there, as long as you follow curriculum, you can spread your wings the way you want to, as long as we do it right. You know what I mean? Right. Because you're going to have a different style of teaching than I do. But the thing is, we still need to teach the, the curriculum. You know what I mean? So right. if if you feel that explaining how to do a front kick different than mine is more effective, then you do it. But the front kick is going to be a front kick. Right. You know what I mean? It, 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 and yeah, and dude, we have it. a style of doing a front kick. and But you might have a different style of how to teach it. And that is okay. You got some instructors like, well, I, I didn't, that's not the way I teach it. Well, let's, let's see the end result. What, what is the result? Me teaching it this way, is, is it better the way he teaches it? No, that's mm -hmm. the way mm -hmm. he feels that is more effective for that student. And I love having you guys come in and assist me because one student might not understand the way I'm teaching it and you guys come in and teach it differently and they get it. And they get it. And it's not that you're better than me or I'm better than you. It's just people learn differently. And one one different word that you use can click on somebody's head and say, oh, okay. And, my, and I could have been saying it like three million times in a different way. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why it's important do, to yeah. give back. That's why when I started uh, our school, I told myself, I am not going to hinder any of my students. To, to continue moving forward. And like and I always have said it, my goal is to make you better than me. And how do you do that? By How did I do that? By giving you the opportunity to be yourself, to do what you do, and, and, and to, to work hard. You know, I always celebrate when you guys do something better than me. You know, Sorry. that's what makes me a great instructor. Just, it's, it's like, and, and I know I'm rapping about this, but, It's like you going to the Olympics. Do you see the the? I always like to talk about the the gymnastics. The coach is as big as me. How does he teach to do all that stuff? I don't think he's getting to the pole and swinging around like that. He has the ability. That's why he's a great instructor. That's why he's a gold medalist because yep. he got that person to get to the to the to the top level. You know what I mean, he didn't have to actually do it, but okay. he knew how to okay. teach it. Good. All right. And let's wrap up with my favorite um, in this list, which is no key up. Yeah, that's that's one thing that it was um, Grandmaster Thompson's biggest pepite. And, mm -hmm. and I have learned uh, to to really focus on that myself. Key up, and I always have done it. But as an instructor, when I first started, That's one thing that I really didn't focus on. Hmm. And, 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 and I was wrong. Breathing is so important. Okay. Breathing, you need to breathe to live. You need to breathe to create, bring oxygen to your muscles so they don't cramp up in your body. So a way of key up helps you tighten your body to absorb kicks or punches or to give you strength to do whatever you have to. If you're breaking boards, if you, if you pulling, pulling something, it's like when you go to the gym, there's different type of gears. You got people going, right. That's, that's their key up. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're pushing, they're breathing out 
And uh, so it's, it's very important. And uh, I'll tell you something, you, you have a student that is doing a kick and there's no key up. And then you get that, that kid, that kid to, and they can't break the board. And then you say, okay, well, I want you to do exactly the same thing, but I want you to key up now. Right. And what happens? They break the they board. They break the board. Yeah, they break time the board. and time again. It's a magical yep. thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, key up is very important. Helps you breathe. Yeah, I, can, I couldn't. I, I love it. In fact, just breathing in general, we know is so important. And one of the things I love about just, hey, yeah, you got to key up is um, is is it forces you to breathe. But also, like even last night in, in the class, there were several students, they just kind of, they're doing a kick and it's key up, key up, key up. I can't so, imagine who that is. So I think it's important to say not just key up, but key up like you mean it. Key up like you are actually hitting someone or taking a hit or taking a block. Um, it's got to be, you know, genuine. And that, and that's that's why I love having you guys, my assistants, because you guys can emphasize that too. And And I always believe leadership by example, right? So, um, and I always have said it, if, if I'm bad and if I'm bad in one area, I tell you guys, Hey, this is my bad side, but I need to work it. Mm. I need to work it. And having you guys been there and, and, uh, helping others like simple, like key up, key yeah. up. No, man, let's go. You key up. Yeah, you know what I mean? You, yeah, you yell and say, yeah, it's a warrior. You know what I mean? So yeah, be a warriors, yell it out. So, so yeah, very big. Hey, thanks for checking out the Taekwondo podcast with me, your host, Logan Ramirez, as I navigate not just being a martial arts student and parent, but a parent of a martial arts student. If you like what we're doing, the best way to support us is to review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Of course, you can also go to the Taekwondo website, pick up some swag, or follow us on Instagram. There's a lot going on over there. Either way, remember to go out there and train hard, but parent harder.